0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 19 of the Reviver Cell podcast. Here we go.
1: Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try?
0: Before we get on to today's episode, episode 19, I just want to say um, for all of you that emailed about the free 4 day gut revival course, well done on getting on that and anyone else who would like to participate in in our free course, it's a free 4 day course um, where you get given it's not just for people who actually who have got gut issues. If you've got skin issues, if you've got any sort of chronic issue, whether it be thyroid, adrenal problems, um, chronic fatigue, mind problems, um, and if you've been ill of anything, our four day course really gets to the root cause of your problems because, as I said before, all health begins in the gut. So when you actually start to heal the gut, miraculous things happen. In fact, once you start to heal the gut and you heal the liver, then the rest of the body basically takes care of itself 80% of the of your immune system lies in your gut it is your enteric nervous system it is your abdominal brain and then you've got the liver which is the battery of life Um, so once you take care of those two organs or say organs once you take care of the gut digestive system and the liver miraculous things can happen so if it's something that you'd like to get involved in then you can send me an email at ryan at Reviveyourself.co, and I'll send you everything you need for that. Um, otherwise, there's a post up on my website. If you go to www.reviveyourself.co and type in free four day total gut revival, then you should be able to find the link and everything you need there. Um, but it will tell you exactly what's been going on, why you've got these problems that you've got, and how you can get through them, get to the root cause rather than just taking medication, um, pills popping pills whatever you've been doing it's just all these things that just mask the problem they just just put band-aids over the problem and they don't actually get to the root cause which is why other problems keep popping up or the actual issue doesn't go away and I always say to people the body has got the innate ability to heal itself given the right circumstances Um, and you haven't got a bad body you just need to to give it what it wants and it will respond but more than anything what you'll actually get to understand is why these problems have been happening, and what you can do to overcome them, um, and, and to be honest with you, it's, it's a course I could actually be charging for, there's a lot of courses out there with a lot less information, a lot less quality information that charge, but I just want people to understand what's been going on, so uh, they can really start to get through their own health issues, and start to to work on themselves, and stop just masking symptoms, keep going on about it but keep masking symptoms with band-aids and pills and medications, as I said before I'm not a medical doctor, I can't give medical advice but I am a health practitioner I am a nutritional therapist and um, I know the power that treating your body well and giving it what it needs can do as I say the medical industry looks at fighting disease, they look at cut, poison burn um, whereas we, and that's what they do they look at disease, whereas we look at regenerating health because we know a healthy body and a healthy person doesn't get these problems um and as Albert Einstein said if you want to study health if you want to be healthy sorry study healthy people which unfortunately the medical industry doesn't do they say disease and they wonder why they can't well get the results that we do so anyway moving on from that guys if you need any information on that as I said before hit me up with an email at ryan at reviveyourself.co head over to www.reviveyourself.co and look for the free four day um, total gut revival mini course. Anyway, on to today's episode. Today's episode is with holistic health coach Warren Williams. Warren Williams has been in um, the health industry now for 20 years. He started off as a martial artist. And he got into this, um, or oh, he was working at a normal gym and he got into holistic health. And he's actually a Czech practitioner. And those of you who know about Paul Czech know how it's, uh, um, intensive and how deep he, he goes in with health, um, looking at every single aspect. And and uh, Warren's a level four Czech practitioner. So to say he knows his stuff uh, would be an understatement. So in the episode, we actually cover all things holistic health. We go into reflex inhibition. How the skeletal system affects organ function, injury prevention for the long term, um, and why he thinks physios and chiropractors generally don't get long term results. Looking um, to poor posture, how that affects you, what vertical diseases, um, how EMF frequencies, electromagnetic frequencies actually affect you and your health, and then we look at the mental side of health, and we're going to a lot more. So, without further ado, here he is. Here's Warren. Hope you enjoy, guys. And I'll see you on the other side. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 19 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Today's guest is Warren. Really, I can speak properly, Warren Williams from Warren Williams Coaching. Got a bit of a mouthful there, Warren. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> so Warren's based in London, and he's a holistic health coach. He's actually a level four Czech practitioner, um, and he delves into every sort of aspect of health. Um, how are you doing today, Warren? You okay?
1: yeah i'm good the sun's out so you know you've got to be happy
0: yeah the sun is out actually i was just out in the garden before this uh, in between calls getting my daily dose of vitamin d and everything else so yeah it's nice so warren's warren has a background in martial arts and he's been well been dealing with helping people for quite a long period of time now so um, he's dealt with people from all different profes- professional backgrounds, including sporting, a lot of boxers, footballers. Um, con- he's consulted with professional football teams. Um, so, just for everyone out there, Warren, how did you get into the natural health and holistic health and becoming a check practitioner?
1: Yeah. Um, well, basically, what happened was I was working for a fitness chain doing the typical fitness instructor stuff, getting people to lose. weight or you know focusing on aesthetics rather than function and well-being and at that time i had been doing martial arts for probably about 15 18 years and i kind of looked at the professionals like these people aren't really experts i mean everybody's doing the same thing everybody that comes in is being given the exact same exercise program regardless of their goals and my um my manager at the time was very much into eastern philosophy Ayurvedic healing and stuff like that. And he happened upon this guy called Paul Chek, And he said, I'm gonna get the gym to pay for it. Would you like to come with me to the first UK presentation of this guy? I hear this guy's amazing. So I said, okay, it's free, I'll go. So, you know, um, got ready to go. But he actually left the company and he traveled the Far East. So he'd already paid for me to go. So I said, right, let me go and check out what this thing is about. And I went, <clears throat> I sat in this session And um, the guy, Paul Chuck, you know, he looked like a typical muscle head. You know, he was a massive guy, quite built. But the information he came out with was so profound. He was talking about so many different subjects. There were medical doctors there. There were physios, chiropractors, and personal trainers. And so it was quite a good range of people that were into, you know, the wellness field. But he was asking them questions and putting things out there that nobody really knew how to kind of explain. He was asking people questions they couldn't answer. And I was like, wow, this guy seems to know quite a lot and then i kind of left that seminar with paul thinking i didn't know as much as i thought i probably knew about five percent of what he was actually talking about so it led me to want to study and learn from this man so i basically spent the next 16 years studying everything he's ever done all the all the courses all the workshops i've traveled to different countries studying with him and that's pretty much how i got into it it's pretty much just through my manager kind of saying let's go and i went and i realized i didn't know as much as i thought and that kind of inspired me to want to learn everything that he taught and because what he teaches is very multidisciplinary it focuses on all stages of health and well-being so that's kind of how i got into it
0: 100 percent. of those of you that don't know paul czech i mean we're hoping to get him on the show as well uh, down the line but paul czech um some people think of him. Uh, well, he, he can be controversial. A lot of people controversial, yeah. yeah. A, a lot of people in in our profession, uh, holistic health coaches, are controversial, called controversial, by the mainstream. But uh, unfortunately for them, uh, results speak volumes. But um, Paul, check if you if you if you if you look into any of his stuff. Um, I'd say for me, probably one of the most interesting people on the planet and someone who knows a great deal about a great deal um and for anyone who studied under him and for the level that warren's at i think you can pretty much trust they are going to know their stuff too he doesn't give out uh, qualifications easily um mm. which is which is a great thing um so being going through this i mean on your on your website it says Warren makes sorry what makes Warren Williams coaching different is his unique ability to see the whole person successfully interpreting what each client is projecting as pain dysfunction or emotional blockage harmonizing these symptoms and aiding them in realizing their potential through setting attainable goals and that identify their dream whilst removing the roadblocks towards that dream um, so is that what holistic health means to you I mean how would you how would you explain holistic health
1: yeah opinion? I mean Yeah, I mean, you know, um, a lot of people are throwing this word around the same way how a lot of people jump around the the organic word. You know, these are buzzwords nowadays. So, you know, a lot of people do things in the wellness field and they they class it as holistic. Now, not kind of attacking other alternative fields, but as an example, if you are just an osteopath, then that and if that's all you practice that is actually by definition not holistic because you know the word holistic it actually means whole body health which means you're looking at every facet of health so that means you have to be looking at someone's nutrition you have to be looking at someone's physicality or physiology that you know the stress in their body what what happens in their mind in their psyche you have to look at their exercise and you know you have to look at you know, the energy, the energetic side of things as well, because that's, because every human is not, you know, one facet. Every human is a multifaceted being. So if you're only doing acupuncture or osteopathy, you can't say you're a holistic practitioner. You can say you're an alternative practitioner by the definition of the word. So for me, holistic health is somebody who's looking at everything that their client presents. So I always say, um, if you're, you know, like Paul Chegg, Queens this brilliantly so i'll say it like this if all you have in your toolbox is a hammer mm-hmm. everything looks like a nail yeah, yeah so if you have a very open toolbox then whatever the client presents you can actually start to work on because you are open enough to find out what the client has based on you being open to interpretation
0: 100 percent. I, I completely agree with that that's um, for myself um on our programs for example we look at lots of different parts of of People's health and their and the body and all different lifestyle factors, example. But if there's if there's a an area that I think that I, I I'm not the strongest in, then I'll send them off to get yeah. to do it because i as I say like um body alignment. we should go, go go into in a little bit um, um structures, chiropractic, for example. If there's something that I think that they need to address and that they do need to address generally, then I'll send them off because it, it does it is a huge part um of the process. So so if i said to you Warren, what are the most common because if we're going that road with not just nutrition we'll go on to the body what are the most common injuries or, or people with structural problems what, what are the most common ones you see with people
1: well i mean you know statistically and it, and it runs true of what i've seen in my own practice but you know statistically most people and it's weird because most people have far more pain than they say but What drives them to come to see you is really the question rather than, you know, what what does the client have? Because what drives people to come to you is typically low back pain. Um, And other than low back pain, what I've seen with clients would be um, knee pain. So it's either low back pain or knee pain. But that's only what they're aware of. So um, with that, you know, you see a lot of people with emotional issues, you know, um, and a lot of these emotional issues create bad posture because, you know, when you look at people that have good posture they typically have a good energy they're typically more happy more vibrant people with um, low self-esteem typically hunch over so there's a lot more stress in their low back because of the fact that they're pro or pronating or flexing at different points throughout the day so um, if somebody comes to me with a low back pain i'm looking at the structures but i also have to look at what's driving the structures i always look at things as hardware and software so the hardware would be the structural pain but the software is what drives it which is the mind and the emotions and the psyche So even though they present or they come to me with low back pain or knee pain, I always have to look at what's driving everything emotionally. What are they upset about? Do they have gut dysfunction that's actually shutting down their abdominal wall, which creates low back pain in in a sense as well? That's
0: that's right. So you just open up a big can of worms there (laughs) because a lot of people will be sitting there going, What? My gut can affect my my knee pain or my lower back. Um, yeah. So just You're touching that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, go for it. I mean, I've got my questions here, but this is generally what happens: we just hear on something and away we go. Yeah. Because, uh, <laughs> because yeah, I mean, I been in the field. I know what you mean by this, but that's a great thing you can mm. you can talk about. Um, because yeah. for most people, as you say, for example, I use this um, like where you got cancer. The tumor. People think the tumor is cancer. Well, no, the tumor is actually a symptom of the cancer. But well, people yeah. cut it out and they think, oh, yeah. my cancer's gone. Well, no, your mm-hmm. cancer is still there underlying. You need to get to the root cause. Um, so, this yeah. is similar sort of issues with this, right? So, if they're coming to you with knee pain or something else, but the actual root cause behind it might not yeah. even be physical, it might be yeah. mental, or emotional.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, to give you a ex- good example of that, um, I remember there was a time when. Um, Someone went to Paul who had um, uh, low, low back pain, and he'd seen different physios and other alternative therapists, and he just couldn't get out of back pain. And um, so you know, he went to Paul, and Paul just said, OK, um, let me you know, understand what your lifestyle habits are. What are the things that you're doing that you're addicted to? Um, and he said, oh, I'll drink a lot of coffee. Um, and he goes, OK, um, I think the coffee's contributing to your low back pain. He's like, how's that? And what happens? Paul got the guy to stop drinking coffee for two weeks, and his back pain went. Now, how that happened relates back to your question. So, we have something called a, and I know you know this. So, what we obviously we're saying this for the listeners. Um, we have something called a reflex inhibition. So, um, we, we know that the gut doesn't have its own pain receptors. It borrows its pain receptors from the muscles that superimpose it. So, this is what we call um, visceral somatic reflexes. So the organ could be the viscera, and the somatic or soma could be the muscle. So sometimes the liver itself, which is trying to detoxify some of the toxins coming from coffee, or tea, or you know alcohol, what happens is when that organ becomes over overworked, stressed, um, cannot work as functionally as possible, it becomes impaired, and it becomes impaired or inflamed. Then it basically sends that pain or that information to the muscle that superimposes it on the same meridian line. And for a lot of people, that can be the low back. So if somebody has an organ that is dysfunctional, then the organ doesn't have a painless head to It sends its pain issue or sensory input to any muscle on the same pathway that that organ actually connects to. So you could have low back pain because of an organ dysfunction. Another example of that would be people that work out in the gym. And, you know, just below their belly button, they have that little pouch and they do sit-ups until they're blue in the face, but they can't get rid of that little pouch below their belly button. And that's because the colon, which is the last stage of digestion, that is constipated. Somebody's constipated in their colon. And because they're constipated, it creates a reflex inhibition to the muscle that superimposes it, which is just below the belly button. So the brain kind of shuts down the muscle above the organ that is not working. And therefore the organ cannot Oh, sorry, the muscle cannot activate, so you get a little pouch in that area. So, you know, in summary, what we're saying is if somebody has an organ dysfunction, it can shut down a muscle on a pathway that the organ reacts to. Oh,
0: that's, that's an awesome uh, explanation. So people out there, they're probably going, oh, my God, what? <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's a different way of looking at things completely. Cause that, that, that won't have... Um, be mentioned i'm guessing a lot of people that'd be completely new information to, to them uh, unless you've worked with someone who's who's a holistic practitioner like yourself so guys if you're listening and you've been getting problems and your medication hasn't been working or anything you've been doing hasn't been working and that's something to definitely look into um and it's the same well it's the same i was going to go into that, like when how important for example can you explain a little bit how the skeletal system being out of alignment can also impact someone's organs or impact their health
1: yes it's um it's really really interesting as well something interesting about that kind of preface that is every single and i remember when i was studying this with paul and he said look everybody is always at least one or two millimeters out of pain and i know that sounds weird but in terms of structures, the body is so tightly packed that everything has its own space but with only enough space to operate. So organs, muscles, tissues, nerve synapses, they're all just within a specific framework where if they were to move one or two millimeters, they could compress something. So an example of this would be a lot of people that get sciatic pain. And you know the, the, the um sciatic nerve if it's compressed by a bone moving one or two millimeters, it can compress the nerve to the point where you get sciatica. So whenever a a, a structure or a joint is displaced or out of position because it sits so close to specific nerve roots, it can, can compress those nerve roots, and then the result would be pain. And um, another example of that would be, I remember uh, Paul was talking about And just you know, we're talking about Paul Jack here. He was talking about um, when you. There was a time when um, engineers, structural engineers of buildings, were shown the discs and the nerve roots in the neck, and and they were asked to evaluate what they thought of the efficiency of how much space there was between the, the discs and all the nerve roots that passed through all the junctions in between the discs. And they said, structurally, it's impossible. We would never design something like that because everything is too closely packed together. There would be an accident, you know, from a structural building point of view. So he was trying to explain that this is why people can get injured so quickly and so easily because everything is so closely packed together that you could always be one or two millimeters away from pain because if you have some joint that's moved one or two inches, or sorry, one or two millimeters due to an impact or a fall or a car crash, Then it can compress a nerve root, and then you can get dizziness, you can get sensory pain, you can get inflammation, you can get soreness, and so on. And that's just you know the byproducts of the body. That's why it's so important to really focus on posture, because if your posture is good, then your structures are normally in positions where they don't press against nerve roots and cause pain.
0: Hundred percent. I mean, this is why I go into this. This is why. where do I go with this one they've got two different two different ways I want to go with this <laughs> so some people are so robust that they can do anything and they won't and they therefore absolutely fine whereas mm. why is it a player or a person or an athlete or whatever they can, they can be absolutely fine really robust and they get one injury and then once they mm. get one injury they're just constantly on the physio table or they just constantly can't get, get, get right again yeah,
1: I mean, and I've I've seen that a lot in my practices. Um, so I had um, I had a player who, um, and you know, in answer to your question, I'll, I'll get to the player example in a second. In answer to your question, a lot of it is because, as you know, they're 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 treating the spot that hurts. That's one of the main reasons why these people are not getting better. People are not, when they go to a you know a practitioner, that pr- practitioner is focusing on the spot that hurts, or as we say, the effect rather than the cause. So. I always say to people don't people don't get injured sitting at home watching TV they don't get fit but they don't get they don't get injured sitting at home watching TV people get injured moving and like I always say to people there are no bad exercises only poorly executed ones so if an athlete has poor posture and most of them do and then they train on poor posture they're just putting more stress on a dysfunctional system Such as if somebody had a house and it had a poor foundation and they wouldn't build an extension on that house, they would deal with the foundation first. Athletes don't do this. They're not taught to do this. So they do whatever they've been taught based on the information given by the person that taught them. So whenever an, an athlete has poor posture, which is most of them, and then they get an injury because the practitioner only treats the spot that hurts, the injury is only a byproduct of their poor posture. And the injury is just the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. So the reason why these athletes don't get better is because the practitioners are not correcting the weakness in the body due to poor posture. They are only treating the spot that hurts. And because they're only treating the spot that hurts, which is only the symptom, this is why the athlete constantly breaks down again because they have not dealt with the cause. They've only dealt with the effect. And to give you an example of that, I had um, a footballer that worked that was playing for Fulham.
0: I was, going to ask you about, I was going to
1: actually ask you about this. Go, go ahead, yeah. Yeah, so um, Kieran Richardson, and he was, he was playing for Fulham at the time, and um, they needed him back because he was one of their main players. And um, I'd worked with him previously, so he gave me a call and said, look, can you come to Fulham because they can't get me better. So I had a meeting, a crisis meeting, with the um, sports team, the team doctor, the physio, the chiropractor, the osteopath, and the uh, um, manager. And I said, okay, just tell me what's 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 happening here. And they said, Well, you know, he's got a knee injury and um, we want to give him a cortisol injection. Um, we need him to play in the next couple of weeks. And I said, Okay, what have you been doing? Well the chiropractor jumped in and said, Oh, I've been manipulating him every single day and he still is getting worse. And I'm like, Every day. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the physio goes, Yeah, and I'm working with him four times a week. So basically, after all of them had their piece, they basically, he was about getting about 25 sessions of rehab every single week and we're talking about soft tissue and adjustments and he wasn't getting better it was and the problem was it was because they were all treating the spot that hurts so i said don't do anything with him at all um give me two weeks and he'll be able to play and all i did i didn't focus on his knee at all, all I did was corrected his posture because his posture was driving an imbalance in his knee that caused inflammation so once i readjusted his posture through his neck not his knee um he was able to play and that's just because i focus on the cause not the effect
0: and what did they what did they say did they say very much (laughs) what have you done here you're a genius or what did they say to you
1: yeah it's funny because um i said you know um once i correct him he needs to do some nutritional stuff he needs to start eating more organic food and you know detoxify and you know clean up his gut wall and all that sort of stuff and he's like yeah yeah yeah, just get him on the pitch. And I said, Mark words, he'll be breaking down in about four or five weeks if he don't do that. And um, so when I got him back, they were surprised and you know, said, Okay, thanks a lot. And I said, Okay, great, but he needs to do the nutrition. I said, Yeah, yeah, it's fine. He's he's playing. So um, he got injured, well, he got injured again, and I said, I can't work with him again unless you guys, you know, do the nutritional side, and they am unwilling to. So I said, All right, and the side is left. So they were surprised that I got him back so quickly and they tried to watch what I was doing and tried to copy what I was doing. So they, they which Yeah, they just wouldn't do it. And when he got so bad, what happened was they actually sent him to there's a specific rehab center in Germany that a lot of football football players go to, and they spent five times the price that I I charged them to take him to this place to do nutrition. When I could have just said, "Look, just eat organic food and get off these supplements," you know. This is this is uh,
0: yeah, like I can. This is saying that it's like when you talk about the medical industry people because they've been so brainwashed don't believe it um, yeah. so when you're talking about that I can 100% I, I know I've come from a professional background in rugby I, I played football when I was younger but it's all the same Um I think that it's just all nonsense and you can still do what you want yeah. and you'll be alright but yeah. you know this is this is not true and and the, and the thing is with it I'm pressing the pudding they've been working with him for 25 hours a week and not getting any results you took a couple of a couple of weeks and sorted him out and mm. and it's just it's just mind-boggling it's almost like they don't want to believe it's, it's like a, as you say as, as paul would say a fear-based dogma they don't want to believe
1: yeah. it yeah 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 and you know there's so many examples of some and i don't really like working with footballers anymore because there's too much politics i'd rather the football just come to me outside of the club and just deal with that rather than the politics i've had footballers um that are you know, that are living on cortisone injections and I say, well come and see me and you won't need the cortisone and they're, No, I'll take the cortisone. And I'm like, do you not understand that cortisone injection doesn't mean you're healing, it just means you don't feel it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and like, you're gonna be worse once you come off it. And they're always worse and they always retire or they're, they're forced into semi-retirement because of the injuries, because they're not, you know, t- treating the actual issues that are contributing to their the changes in life. And a lot of them, they just don't wanna change their lifestyle. They don't wanna to go to bed at 10 o'clock they don't want to give up the alcohol they don't want to stretch you know i mean i've met so many football players that are 24 25 and you know when i say they can't touch their toes i mean they're like 10 inches away from their toes they have the stiffness of a 50 60 year old because they just don't believe in stretching so you know they just want to kick a ball and lift weights and that's and they think that's the goal yeah
0: you know why the stretching is boring and i agree exactly. it but it is boring. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the thing is, well, the thing is, I'm actually surprised that so many of them get back on the pitch. Uh, people, w- when you see have having long injuries, um, I'm actually surprised that the, a lot of these players, I mean, they must be, they're so genetically superior, or just gifted, I'd say, that they get back on anyway, but I'm just surprised a lot more of them don't break down and a lot more of them yeah. actually get back on the pitch. It's just thanks to their probably good genes that they get they're away powerful. with murder. Yeah. Willpower as well.
1: Yeah, a lot of it is world power because a lot of them are playing injured and they think that's normal and it's not normal, it's just common. Yeah, um,
0: that's, a, that's a good, it's not normal, it's just
1: common. Yeah. And you know, Arsenal, and I don't, you know, obviously don't want to spend too much time talking about football here, but that's just cool. one other quick example. Um, two years ago, Arsenal had, um, I think it was about seven or eight players that all had the same hamstring injury on the same leg. Mm. The problem was their conditioning program, oh, okay. but they were willing to change it.
0: I can. I'm an Arsenal fan, so you're you're talking uh, this sort of thing frustrates me more than anything. Oh <laughs> and I was sitting there going, "Yeah, but he's the best guy that like, they've got him in." I was like, "Have you seen some of the things they're doing?" But they, but yeah. guy, people don't. Re- they're not in our world. They don't understand. And I'm like, some of the things they're doing, it's just like uh, you're, you're so. F- some people are so far behind in the race; they actually believe they're leading. You know,
1: exactly. Um, it's a good way of putting it like
0: yeah. that. And um, I was just like. Yeah, but they're doing this is the other thing. I was talking about when you see like rugby players and they're they're having maxi muscle and they Yeah, but oh Ryan, what are you want about? They are working with the best in the business. They're England nutritionists they know what they're talking about. Really? Have you seen what's yeah. in that? Um, um I that's like a, a what's what and who's who of what not you what you don't want your athlete to be drinking. Um exactly. and they're just lucky they've got iron guts in there and they just get away with murder <laughs> it's true though like yeah, got, no, right, until, right. until they get a, until they get a chronic illness or a chronic problem then they've got to change it so yeah that so they so you saw this i'm going to stay on this because i'm an Arsenal fan you saw the program and it was just diabolical. yeah the
1: program was a problem and that's why you know using another analogy um 10 years of ignorance can wipe out 100 years of truth yeah, 100. and and yeah. And, you know, and you just see that with these athletes that are training on machines. And like you said, drinking maxi muscle, that's just dehydrating their muscles, inflaming their gut wall. And then they wonder why their abdominal walls don't fire. And, you know, when I I explain to some of these footballers, when you run, the impact, especially on wet grass, the impact on your knees are tremendous. It's between five and six times your body weight per leg every single time you land. And I said, what do you think stabilizes your knees when you hit the ground? my football boots, <laughs> you know, it's not your football boots, it's your core, and if your core doesn't fire, because you know, proprioceptive muscles react faster than pain receptors, if your core is firing because the proprioceptors turn on, then what's happening is actually buffering the impact load into your knees by stabilization. So the stabilization sequence has to fire first in order for you to create what's known as force generation. So just for the listeners who don't understand that, real, simple, real quickly. If someone's about to throw a ball, like a baseball pitcher, they push off the ground. So if they push using the earth to push off and throw, that's called force generation because they're generating force by pushing off the ground. If they were trying to throw a ball in the water, they wouldn't get as much power because there's nothing to push off of. So that's a simple example of um, force generation. So force generation has to be kind of supported by stabilization. And as Paul beautifully puts it, You can't fire a cannon from a canoe Mm -hmm. because a canoe is unstable. You can only fire a cannon from land. So a lot of these athletes, they drink and eat this garbage food that shuts down their inner unit, the gut wall. And because the gut is kind of surrounded by the abdominal wall, the abdominal wall then shuts down. And because the abdominal wall needs to stabilize load, because the abdominals don't work, they just look good. Every single time they land, there's nothing buffering the impact into their knees or their ankles. And that's why a lot of these people have knee pain, back pain, and so on, because their core doesn't work. So rather than just getting them to do crunchies and all this crap, they just need to first learn how to breathe properly, because then using the diaphragm, and diaphragm it helps assist the abdominal wall. And then the other thing they need to do is just get off a lot of this garbage food that's actually shutting down the gut wall and creating all this inflammation that makes their functional abdominal muscles not work. You know, just treat the problem, not the symptom.
0: Hundred percent. And this is the reason they get away with it as well is because they're all looking pretty good. They're all pretty ripped up, but they run around every day, so they 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 will be. Um, generally,
1: mm. um, they work in the the show muscles rather than the go muscles. So some
0: hundred percent. And but because they they're all very very lean, it's uh, it, people just they they take everything at face value. They don't understand. Like for yeah. I always look at. If, barring a car crash injury, if you're an athlete, you really shouldn't be getting injured. Like, yeah. In yeah. terms of, if you're training right and eating correctly and, and living right and staying away from lots of toxins and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Unless you've got a standing leg and someone comes up and completely just destroys your ankle, I don't mm. know, which can happen. But even then, if you're training mm. right, I think you shouldn't really get injured um, yeah. a lot of the time, especially yeah. pulled muscles and things like that. Yeah. That's, exactly. That's just um, a lot yeah. there. Um, And the problem is people say, well, why aren't you employed by these companies or these clubs? Well, first yeah. of all, because as you say, uh, things are a little bit controversial for them, because they've been taught by another version of the medical industry. And secondly, Ooh. I don't know, when it comes to earning money, you probably get paid £60,000 a year from them, and you can probably earn a lot more doing what you're doing, Right. <laughs>
1: yeah i mean it's not even that high i mean yeah. uh because I'd, I'd i'd been asked by a few clubs to um come in and actually work full-time and you work like a slave for them but some of them some of these physios so when you know like going back to your point earlier about but they have they employ experts they don't employ experts they they get given the, the term expert because they're at a highly esteemed club yeah. um but a lot of these people just come out of university and they get a job with Arsenal and all of a sudden, oh, you're an Arsenal physio. That means you're an expert through association, not through tests and proven, but through association. But a lot of the people, a lot of these physios and people are actually paid about twenty five to thirty thousand a year. A lot of them, I've spoken to quite a few, of them, a lot of them are actually paid that low um, in terms of what you see. The players are getting paid per week. So it's very, 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 um, you know, separate, you know, um. In this terms is, of quality,
0: this is where, in my head, it doesn't make sense, right? Because, right, you're paying the players that much to be on the pitch. Fair enough they're the, they're, the, they're the they're the prize they're the prize horse. They're the ones that are scoring the goals, stopping the goals, whatever it is. Mm. Surely the people that are looking after them and making sure they're on the pitch should be paid pretty well, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. they're the ones that are stopping you from having to go out and buy more players if your one gets yeah. injured
1: yeah yeah I mean when you, when you think about the um, um, Fulham, um, Kieran Richardson at the time he was I think he was getting about 25,000 a week and um so he was, you know, and it's like, you know, you're you, you basically getting paid that amount of money to sit on the bench because you're injured, and then you bring someone in, and you and you only want to pay them a hundred pounds a week or whatever it is to help the person that you're paying twenty five thousand a week to get off the bench. It makes no sense.
0: It makes no sense whatsoever. It just, it's just madness. And um, and but the thing, when you say that, the reason I am turn to experts because a lot of these people, for example, I don't know Tony Colbert who worked for Arsenal, for example, he had all these things behind him, FA this, done that. Um, I think he might have had a degree or masters and people see masters or I think when I was younger I looked into some of these things and they said you have to have a masters to even apply mm. and I was like but what works on paper as you know doesn't work on practice a lot of the time and mm. also oh, <laughs> and also does that I don't know we bring through what I've been through a lot of the stuff they're taught it just doesn't yeah yeah um isn't great in terms of getting an athlete back on the pitch and getting them rehabilitated. So it's, yeah. it's um, certificate, what is it? certification or education sort of thing. Exactly,
1: yeah. yeah. Athletes perform, something that Paul Check always says, um, athletes perform well in spite of their exercise program, not because of it.
0: Yeah, and uh, as you'd know, and I know, and Paul would know, the amount of people that come to you when they actually get the problems, you would say it's funny because I always seem to get the medical failures or the people that, First of all, you didn't believe me. Then they lose you as your last all, you know? Um, yeah. So I just wanted to sc- just quickly, because we're on mm-hmm. football. I don't really, really talk about football that much, and there's a lot of listeners or uh, not male listeners that probably do like football, especially in the UK. Um, I know you've worked close with Emil Heskey before. Um, if you were structuring, because footballers, for example, they've got to be lean. They've got to be fit, fast, strong, um, and... You mean they probably do run quite a few. You said there, like the amount of force they put for every every uh, stride that goes through their body. They've actually cool. got to cover a lot of them. Cover up to a ten k, eleven k game. Um, what would be? How would you go about structuring a program for a footballer um, in terms of because they got they have got to be lean, they have got to be fit, um, and so yeah. Just go, would you just go through like very simply, I suppose, like the stages you go through that.
1: Yeah, I mean, regardless of what sport, and this sounds really weird, but regardless of the sport, we always start with the same thing, which is obviously the assessment. But we basically take them through flexibility, then stability, and then strength, and then power. So flexibility, stability, strength, power. So most of the athletes, most of the professionals, stick in the football for a moment, uh, you know, pre- professional football, the way they're trained is at the strength, power stage of conditioning. Regardless of where they are in the season or off-season, they always go through strength and power. And that's wrong because of the foundation. The foundation is is the stability. So with any uh, footballer, the first thing I would work on straight away is teaching them how to have stabilization through doing a lot of nervous system activation stuff. So anything that challenges balance. So working on a lot of unstable instruments, first of all, because that challenges the body's fear factor. And when the body thinks it's about to die, it turns on more muscles to protect itself. So if you think of... The example of somebody walking on ice. As soon as they're walking on ice, their body becomes far more aware and they work their, every stride has more purpose versus someone that's just walking on concrete. They don't pay attention because it's safe. So first of all, with a footballer, I would work on the stabilization because most footballers' balance isn't very good. Um, and you need that stabilization, especially in, in the UK where there's a lot of rain because the grass changes its stability when it's wet. So you want to, first of all, work that foundation. And and obviously, if somebody has um, their tonic postural system or the stabilization system, if that's strong, then the brain knows it can recruit more power into the phasic muscles because it now knows that its system is strong enough to protect it. So I would work, first of all, on things that are improving posture, any form of nervous system stuff. The next thing I would work on, especially for footballers, would be working on their hamstrings and their glutes or the hip extensor mechanism because most have most footballers have very very weak hamstrings and i've trained a lot of them and there are very basic very basic hamstring exercises that i've given all of them and 90 percent of them fail those tests they cannot do them and it's shocking because i've got mums that can do it i've got Um, very unfit men and women that can do it. And these professional multi-million pound athletes cannot do these incredibly basic hamstring exercises. And when I say mums, I'm talking about a woman that's probably just had a child two months ago that has an exercise and she could do it. Um, So, and these professional athletes can't, they've got incredibly weak hamstrings, but they have incredibly strong quads and incredibly strong hip flexors. And, you know, looking at the agonist and, and antagonist, or the opposite muscles, the front of the muscle and the back of the muscle, the resting tone relationships on one side of the muscle and the opposite side must always be equal. So to give the listeners an example of this, it sounds too complicated. If somebody was to sit on a seesaw, Mm -hmm. if there was one person who weighed 100 pounds on one side, then in order for the seesaw to be balanced, there has to be another person that weighing 100 pounds on the other side. And that means the resting tone or the weight distribution is equal. Now using that example, Most footballers typically, let's say, have 200 pounds on the quads and 50 pounds on their hamstrings. So the the quads are always dominant, they are quad dominant. And because of that, the hamstrings are always on a stretch because they're being pulled by the stronger muscle in front. And that's constant stress, that's constant load. And because of that, every single time they then run, they're putting so much stress on a muscle that has been overstretched and very weak. And therefore, they get injured. And then what the physio does is they come in and they just give soft tissue, but the injury isn't a problem of um, you know, inflammation. It's a problem of weakness. So rather than just soft tissue, actually strengthen because that's the problem in the first place. So with that, I would focus a lot on increasing hamstring strength, and I'd hardly do any form of quad stuff because they do it so much in football. Mm-hmm. So you do what's missing. Find out what's missing and replace it. So I'd do a lot of that sort of stuff, and then because they spend a lot of time – jumping and pushing off from one side to the other you know dynamically changing direction to chase balls or to tackle or to you know avoid you would start doing a lot of um, lunge exercises that are not loaded with weight but are more relative to exploding and changing direction so we do things like multi-directional lunging so you lunge at zero 45 90 degree angles so you, you basically train the body system to mimic the movement patterns that correlate to the sport that they do so you do a lot of lunging stuff. And then finally, uh, postural stuff like uh, prone cobras where they would learn to hold a position where their chest is open and their back muscles are squeezing so they maintain really good postural alignment. So that's kind of like basic stuff that you want to start off with people. But it's always at the stabilization stage for about five to six weeks before I even move into a strength phase before a power stage. Okay,
0: So for I mean, one thing I would say about rugby players coming from that is that they're pretty good at doing their their gym work. I mean, but they have got us quite a good, well-rounded. I know that some football players. Um, I said lazy, but they just I don't know. They get paid so much money; they can they can be lazy. I'm just going to say it. They can be on that. But um, well, when someone's going through, for example, when they're doing the initial stages, um, would there be any concern of them putting on weight? If they're not doing as much conditioning, if they're not doing as much strength work, or um, what, do you know it, how would they? Because they've got to be very lean these these footballers um, for, for their for their sport. Would they put on? Any- yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, that would only happen because um, they eat crap. <laughs> you know, it's like I always say to people: you don't put on weight because you don't exercise; you put on weight because you don't eat right. And so people, they eat as you know. People eat terribly, and then they kill themselves in, in the gym to lose the weight they put on through just being, you know, gluttonous and having poor choices. So, you know, one of the things in one of our initial sessions would be focusing on the, on their on their nutrition. I don't like to say the word diet because everybody thinks that means losing weight, but to focus on their nutrition. So, simple things like, and because you know, as you know, a lot of athletes they have this diva mentality. They just want to do whatever they want to do so um what we do is we have to create a rainbow bridge and the rainbow bridge is whatever they like to do you just help them to do it better rather than take it out of their diet because you get opposition so of a lot of these athletes i would just say look um start drinking more water but what, what was boring okay have um that vulvic water with lime or, you know, flavored water, that's a good start. So that's a rainbow bridge. So if they're drinking more water and then, you know, getting them to eat whatever they already eat, but as a rotation diet, then that way they avoid uh, food intolerance and thus they avoid inflammation and their gut wall gets a chance to heal some of the inflammation that comes in from the constant foods that they're eating that are creating the inflammation. So you just say, right, I don't you to eat anything different. Just rotate the foods that you already eat. So at least that way their their body's actually getting some rest from some of the toxins. And because they're drinking more water, at least they're diluting or, you know, helping their body to eliminate a lot of these toxins that they're already intaking. So that would be the first part of it. And what I found of all of these footballers, um, they don't gain weight because, you know, they're even though the stuff we're doing is um, it's not what people call cardiovascularly challenging, because it's very challenging to their nervous system because they're active, they're fine. They, they don't gain weight, and because I've always monitored their diet, um, their you know their, their food intake by getting them to rotate and send. They have to send me food charts, and if I don't think they're following it properly, then I ask them to send me copies of all of their um, receipts from their shops so I can actually see what they're eating, um, and then make sure they drink drink water. And they, they I've never had one footballer that's gained weight on the rehab program I don't do the silly soft rehab where they just lay on the floor and they raise one foot or lift their toe <laughs> you know all that sort of stuff is more yeah. challenging
0: okay well just just because it's out there just put it out there people that know Paul for example when you look at Paul he's I mean he's very lean he's very muscular um, mm. but he's, he still practices yoga and qigong I mean from your experience this is one of the things I always find that people always ask like, how, did he, how did he get it I mean how can he be in such strong Physical shape, um, as well as incorporating things like yoga, um, because most yeah. yogis, like yourself, probably you've got posture like yourself. I mean, you come from a martial arts background, so they look more like a martial arts person where they can be mm. quite strong, but maybe very lean, not not yeah. as muscular. Whereas Paul looks like um, he can step onto a bodybuilder. He's not a bodybuilder, like, <laughs> body but he, he, he doesn't because most people do this now, I'd say, they look terrible. Um, yeah, he, exactly. he looks like someone, he looks more like um, probably. I'd say a a, a a flanker in rugby or something like that, you know. Yeah. 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 Um yeah. how 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 does how would you go about people out there that are not footballers and they actually want to put on some more size? Um how would you go about incorporating all this and actually getting that look?
1: Um if somebody wanted to focus on getting bigger, gaining muscle,
0: well for example, yeah, cuz a lot of um just just yeah, gaining muscle um but not stepping away from not stepping away from um, all the things like say say they play, so for example rugby player who needed to to put on the size and gain muscle, but he didn't want to compromise all the central nervous system work you've been doing. Or he didn't want to compromise his flexibility, etc. Yeah. How could he? How do they incorporate it all?
1: Yeah, I mean a lot of that. Again, it depends on the window of time that the person has in order for them to get back to training. My prime concern is make them functional, first of all. The aesthetic side is just knowing there is as important. If they want to gain muscle because they feel weak, then first of all, I kind of explain to them that um, size isn't, actually, isn't just a prerequisite for strength. You can actually gain strength, especially if you train functionally. Um, as you know, like with Paul check again, using them as an example, he, you know, and he's 56 now and, um, you know, he can deadlift, um, 550 pounds and, you know, he's only right now cause he, he lost some weight uh, about 10 years ago due to an injury. Um, and so now he's only, I'm trying to remember, he's only 168 pounds, but he can deadlift 550 pounds. Now there's a lot of people that weigh a hundred pounds more than him that can't even lift that weight. So if you train functionally, you actually gain far more strength because there's more muscles on the job. So if somebody wants to gain size, I first of all have to figure out why they need that size in the first place. Like if it's rugby and they need the size to offset somebody barging, then that's slightly different to somebody who aesthetically just wants to gain size. Because if it goes against the time that I have with them for them to become functional, then it's taken away from the dream because their dream initially is to get out of pain. So if I only have eight hours a week or a month or whatever, I have to decide what's more important for that person and we, we have to create a dream-shearing vision. What's more important for them right now? What's the dream? Why did you come to me? I came to you to get out of pain. Okay, have we finished that? No. Okay, so then the aesthetic side can wait. But if they have more time and they we've gotten them out of pain and now they're at the stage to say, right, I'm out of pain, I've moved through flexibility and stability, now I'm on strength and power, if that's the question, then we, first of all, so long as there's no pain and stuff, then we first of all look at, um their polar you know their primal pattern type or some people call it uh, the metabolic type and type whatever their genetic eating um requirements are so we first of all have to test them to make sure they, if they need more protein or they need more fats or they need more carbohydrates based on their food type and if they eat eat based on their food type Then typically it's easier for them to be able to put on muscle because they're actually giving their body what it needs So, you know going back to that saying one man's food is another man's poison. So if you give a carbo type or a um, equatorial type Who needs more carbohydrates as part of their fuel? Too much protein then you may get them bigger But they may become constipated because they can't get all the protein out of their diet because they're a slow oxidizer So it wouldn't work for them. So you know, we can't really do a this but that approach for everyone, regardless of um, their goal, because it has to be tailored to their genetics. So, let's say somebody is a protein type, and you you know you've tested them, and you know you figure out they're a protein type, and they want to gain more muscle. Then you just say, okay, eat based on your ratio, just eat more of that ratio. You know, eat based on your ratio, about three and a half thousand calories a day, because their body will use it because it's right for their genetic type. And if that's the case, then you just change the um, loading zone zones for the person. So if somebody wants to put on more muscle, then you start focusing on, on the loading zone of their exercise. And so what that means is if someone's one rep max is 100, then you work at 70% of their one rep max upwards, which now creates more of a muscle growth a stage of um, benefit for the exercise. And you would do that with any one of them based on their genetic type. Oh, interesting. Interesting.
0: the so 70%. That's cool. um, so... It's all just about getting the diet right as well and making sure once they're, they're fully functioning, then you can progress them onto onto it and so in a, in a program where they would where they would say they were maintaining you'd have different aspects of the training throughout the, a week for example, you might have a, a, a strength maintenance
1: and also yeah your, yeah you also have your
0: flexibility stuff. Yeah,
1: so you would go through um, you'd go through um, base conditioning phase. So if somebody's rehabilitated and there's no pain, enough, they can through flexibility and stability. Once they've gone through flexibility and stability, when they're at the strength power stage, they have no more pain. That's why you move them into those stages because there's more stress on the joints, and you want to make sure that they're optimally aligned before you put stress on those joints. So if they're at, if they're now in the strength and power stages then all you do is you tweak the amount of reps and sets that the person needs based on their, their uh, functional goal. Because when you're working at flexibility and stability, you're not taking into account their functional goal. You're just working on correcting the imbalances that create pain. Yeah. Once you've gotten past that and then strength and power, then depending on what they need, you're going to do one to three reps or you know, five to eight reps and so on based on their functional goal.
0: Whereas a lot of people are actually, um, they look great, but underneath they're not, haven't got that foundation. So that's what least to yeah.
1: yeah. And, you know, going back to what you were saying earlier about people challenging, you know, people like us, um, you know, that thing where when it comes to ideas, first of all, ideas are first opposed mm-hmm. and then they're scorned and then they're accepted as true. You
0: know, they're that's what we're or going Or they're taken as their own yeah
1: exactly exactly yeah,
0: so what exactly that's no, 100% sticking on diet um mm. sticking on, on the diet part um in one of your podcast episodes but you don't know warren's got his own podcast um what's what's the name of the podcast warren <laughs> you're
1: right you're right i mean i think it's uh, uh, oh whole being health
0: yes yeah, it's whole being i was gonna say it's not because warren's website is warren Warren Williams coaching, um, so yeah. it's whole being health. Yeah, I'm asking you. You should know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, damn. I hope I remember. <laughs> um, so, on one of his pocket episodes, he talks about vertical disease and how you're wearing your choices. Can you just explain a little bit more what you mean by that?
1: Yeah. So, um, most people, you know, they basically they 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 dig themselves into a grave based on the foods that they eat. So it's like your whatever you eat either makes you stay at the grave longer or puts you into the grave quicker so what we find nowadays is um most people by the time they're 35 40 have damaged themselves so badly with the choices of foods and lifestyle that they've created for themselves that they are eating themselves into an early grave so the corpse still walks around by 35 40 but Physiologically, they're dead, and that's why I see a lot of people nowadays, especially even in their twenties, you know, having heart attacks, diabetes, um, you know, obesity, um, you know, colon cancer, and so on. Because a lot of this is like, you know, as you know, you know, most of these things that are in in our body, these illnesses are created through our own choices. So the choices that we create create the problems that we have. No one catches cancer by accident, you know. You know, you get it through either lifestyle or, you know, there are some rare cases where, you know, they get it from the sun. Um, but, you know, a lot of the times it's because of a genetic weakness in the person due to thing that they created. So as we know, 90 to 95 percent of all illnesses on the planet are lifestyle and the other 5 percent are genetic, so such as a child um, is born with a nut allergy. That is genetic, you know, but a lot of the others, 95 percent are acquired. acquired through poor choices so we are basically maiming our bodies through the choices that we created throughout our lives that are shortening our not even shortening our lifespans we are actually living longer but they're shortening our quality of life from an earlier age then like paul Paul check gave a really good example recently and he said if you look at because a lot of people say oh you know i'm big boned or it's in my bloodline and paul's like look at a photo and i thought this was brilliant he said if you look at photos of your great great grandparents you always notice they're always slim Mm -hmm. you never see pictures of great great grandparents that are fat or obese or sick looking and it's like i was like oh yeah it's true you know and he said well you know they're your ancestors but they're healthy and they're slim so why are you not it's because of choices Mm -hmm. so when you see a mum Who's fat and then her daughter looks exactly the same, but her daughter's 15. That's a lifestyle problem, not a genetic problem. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what we mean. You know, people are just making bad choices out, creating the illnesses that they're trying to get rid of. And because, like you said earlier, most people run to the doctors, you know, as we always say, um, there's no money in the cure, only in the treatment. So, you know, people are paying thousands and thousands a year to stay alive with medication when they should spend a lot less and just focus on, you know, healthier choices, getting out in nature, moving more, breathing more. The four doctors, you know, know, move Dr. Diet, which is making better food choices, eating food slowly and choosing, you know, high quality foods. Dr. Quiet, finding time for me time, stillness, Tai Chi, Qigong, breathing exercises. Um, You know, so, you know, movement getting in f- correct exercise, not just sitting on a, on a fixed machine that does nothing for you, but actually using free weights and dumbbells and outside, you know, throwing a Frisbee, going for a swim, you know, so, you know, diet quite happiness, you know, and happiness is like the chief physician when it comes to um, psychology. So, you know, doing things that you love to do, don't do things because you're obligated to do them. So find things that you love. So, you know, sometimes you talk to somebody who's like 45, what did you use to do that made you happy that you don't do anymore? I used to love playing the violin. I wasn't very good at it, but it made me feel good. Why don't you do it anymore? I don't know. Life got in the way. So, they, you know, they're making choices that don't make them happy anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I used to hang out with my friends. We used to go um, Latin dancing. I just don't do it anymore. You know, I'm getting older, so I just gave that up. You know, find the things that you loved. And if you lived those four doctors, then you will offset vertical disease.
0: Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, people, I think the age thing, if people live them right, it doesn't really come into in, into account. Um, and as you said, the lifestyle factors, I mean, there's a new field that the medical industry keeps on wanting to ignore, and I keep bringing it up, is something called epigenetics, which shows you yeah. that our lifestyle actually, when people are getting, their, women getting their breasts cut off, for example, because they've got the, the breast cancer gene, it's just moronic, because if they live a certain way, they're never going to express those genes, and it just tells you that your lifestyle yeah. will... So everything you said there is, is, is understand. Yeah, you say 95 percent of diseases are, oh yeah, our uh, lifestyle. And Life- um, you talk about the best diet. I know you talked about me- metabolic diet. One of the things I wanted to get into quickly, um, mm. before, I to go, because I know it's taking your time, was just the importance of of the mind. I mean, people these days are always on their phone, their computer. Mm. We're going to go a little bit deeper into this. Maybe we're going to next time. But how does, how does this impact their ability to heal their health i mean because everyone seems to be ignoring their body's signals and signs
1: yeah that's yeah that's a great question it's um something that obviously is um relevant especially today with the technological world that we're in nowadays we think that we're i always say this we always say that we think we're more advanced nowadays because we have ipads um but we're we're disconnect we're more disconnected now than ever and um you know, every, and I'll tell you a sort of stunning, um, you know, disconcerting fact is that the average person looks at their phone 400 times a day, 400 times a day, and I saw a video, uh, someone shared a video with me um, of a, a little girl, an, an Indian girl somewhere in India talking about her mum and dad and how she said, her, uh, her teacher said to her, what would you like to be when you grow up? She goes, I'd like to be a phone. And the teacher was like, huh? And, they go, and then she goes, well, when when, my, when I see my dad, you know, I try to give him a hug. I try to speak to him, but he's too busy on his phone. He loves his phone. He cleans his phone. He takes care of his phone. His phone is next to his bed. He pays his phone so much attention, and so does my mom. Yeah, and, so, and she goes, so I'd like to be a phone, because at least I'd get attention, and they'd look at me and pay attention to me all the time. Sad. It was a very, very sad video, and it's so true today. Um, you know, you sometimes see women just, their, their child is crying its eyes, and, and the, the mum or dad is just on their phone, not even paying the child any attention. So from a connection point of view, we've lost that connection. Um, and then from a health point of view, the electromagnetic frequencies that are coming off these... Um, tablets and phones and Wi-Fi is tremendous. And you know, there's so much research that is proven that these things are creating cancer in our bodies because they're making genes um, mutate and become tumorous and canc- um, carcinogenic. And you know, there's been tests showing certain women that uh, it really annoys me when I see women walking down the road and they've got their mobile phone tucked into their bra. I'm like, oh my gosh, do you not understand what your phone is doing? Your phone is constantly seeking um, radio waves, constantly, in order for it to keep connected. And what you're doing is you're basically putting an antenna next to your breast, you know, 10 hours a day, however long you keep it there. And it's the same with men that put mobile phones on a belt next to their testicles. You're basically, you know, creating an antenna right next to testicles and you wonder why you get prostate cancer or breast cancer. So, you know, these things are increasing because of this wireless technology. It's necessary, it has a benefit, um, but there are ways to kind of control it, such as getting um, energetic protectors. So things like Erie's technology. And again, when I I give these examples, I'm, I'm not sponsored by any of these companies. I just know they work. Aries technology, Tesla um, technologies, So they help to dampen the electromagnetic radiation coming from these devices that are actually causing cancers and tumors and inflammation in, in our cells. So, you know, so the listeners will say, well, I can't stop using them. We're not asking you to stop using them. But a really good thing that your listeners can do with your phone is a lot of people sleep with their phone right next to their head and they just put it on silent. That's the worst thing you can do. What you want to do is put your phone on airplane mode. Because on airplane mode, it can't receive, which is why it works on phones. on planes. It can't receive any wireless technology. It no longer acts as an antenna that can actually damage your brain. Um, so if they have it on airplane mode and they sleep with it and they use it as an alarm, it's fine. But if they just turn it off and leave it as an alarm, it's still radiating. Um mm-hmm. So um, that's something that we can do, yeah.
0: That's a good tip. When you walk, for example, I always say this, I, I mentioned it, I had Terry, lots of Terry Tillard on last time, we, we, we talked all about cancer, and I say, like, if I'm out and walking, I generally hold my phone in my hand, if not, I put it in my back pocket, because I don't want it anywhere near my testicles. Where do you, do you put yours?
1: Um, I put mine, yeah. A lot of times I hold it in my hand, but I've, I've got um, an Aries um, Tech um, plate on my mobile phone, um, and I've also, um, I actually carry um, an Aries, um, a personal protector, very powerful personal protector an Aries protector you can put around your neck and I wear something called Shungite. Shungite is a, is a crystalline gemstone that actually has been proven through tests um, that it actually protects against electromagnetic frequencies and I also carry a, a Tesla plate. So I actually carry three different um, electromagnetic protectors as well as one on my phone. Oh, you're madder than me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're gone so so first of all, Shang sh uh, for this the listeners that uh Shanghai is a crystal, correct?
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it can you can only get it I should say I mean it only grows in Russia. It's black. Um, and it only grows in Russia, um, but you can get it on Amazon, (laughs) you can get anything on Amazon. So yeah, Shungite. So it's a lot cheaper than getting the, um, I should say more inexpensive. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more inexpensive than getting the personal protectors because the personal protectors can range from 80 to a hundred, no, 80 to 250 pounds. But if you get like Shungite as a bracelet or a, a necklace, you could probably pay about 20 pounds for it. Okay. Um, just okay. bear in mind because it's black it means it absorbs fast faster and more so you'd have to clean it more often whereas personal protectors you never need to clean them because they have a technology that self cleans so clean, how would you clean it you just put it in you can put it in sunlight easiest way okay. you leave it in the sun for 24 hours or you can just put it in sea salt for a couple of hours cool. and the sea salt will actually clean it okay.
0: And the and the Aries just for people out there is this just a website? Is it Aries dot? I know there's one um, Aries Tech dot com. dot com. Yeah, because I remember um, I was looking into them. Um, people out there, the Truth About Cancer dot com. I don't know if you've you've probably heard about it, right? The Truth About Yeah, there yeah. was talking to the company over there. and We're looking into a few of them, and there's a, diff, a few different companies on um, that that we're looking into. But uh, didn't some of them have higher that their products obviously better than others basically in, in very simple mm. terms, so you can vouch for this area technology
1: yeah um this is the doctor's name oh, I forget his name right now um dr david some he's a very well known guy um, but he's he's done a lot of tests i'll see if I can try to remember his name in a sec he's done a lot of um, tests on this stuff and he reported it um, did a lot of reports on testing electromagnetic frequencies of these and um yeah they they um were proven to be the most effective but i'm um, you know from my own personal experience um you know if you're on the phone for an hour without it you can get you, know, you can get the headaches and you can get the burning you know that the the heat in your ears or once you wear them um david getoff that's his name dr david getoff he's a master um at all this sort of stuff into technology and he's done it on i can't remember what his website is but it's Dr. David Getoff, and his surname is G-E-T-O-F-F. Um, and um, and he did a lot of tests, and he, he put a report on his website of all the technologies and said a lot of, so if you just go on eBay and try to buy one for five pounds, he was just ripping those to pieces, and said a lot of them do absolutely nothing. Um, based on the test that they did and they showed there was only a few of them, like 5% of all the ones that are on the market that actually do anything. Yeah.
0: I'm just now, actually. Um, okay. There's some of these people that are, uh, they, they're brilliant and their websites just it's, look so pony. His website's terrible. Uh, yeah. uh, and you're just like, <laughs> mate, come on. This is the reason why people like yourself, you need to have a good website so people actually believe you because... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know it sounds silly but people are like... It, it, it ethical, yeah, and visual. it is it's is, It's true and people like I mean I yeah. don't go by that it's like um, one of the companies out there the um, uh, light energised solutions have you heard of them I think
1: I have but I've never visited their website they're,
0: yeah they're, they're very obviously, obviously all the energetic frequencies how it can I mean one of the most powerful supplements on the planet once you get into them and because uh, they're all coded elect- electronically like everything okay here, but, um, mm. But their website was just well, not very good. But then, obviously, the, the FDA, yeah. it's an American website, came in and said they couldn't actually describe what their products did because they were too powerful (laughs) they used to use them in hospitals in america people with cancer and stuff to draw out toxins and then um, for example a detox bath the first time i I had one the next day the world just fell out of me you know it was um (laughs) it was very powerful but i think it's these people i might have said message david come on let's get your website (laughs) website is uh, www.naturopath4u.com and i'll uh, have a little just a little look so um okay um, brilliant so yeah so that so, so, so send you it or go and get one of these things for you but I mean I, yeah. I wanted to go deeper into this but I know you've got, you've got clients so i will let you yeah, go yeah I've got a friend I'm going to let you go Warren um, but great interviewing you um and we'll get you back on actually at a later date if that's the right view to a little bit more. Yeah, again, yeah, my pleasure. How, how this mind, how the mind works, and a bit more about that. That's mm. okay. But thank yeah. you very much for coming on, Warren. It's actually a pleasure to um, to speak to you. I mean, if you want to go and check out Warren, his website's at www.warrenwilliamscoaching.com. Uh, and I think he's also if you type that into YouTube, you'll be able to see his videos, etc. On there. Um, but yeah, thanks very much, Warren. It's been a pleasure. All right, thanks, Warren. Cool. Thanks. Keep well. Bye. Right. So guys, there we have it. There was the interview with Warren Williams. Um, I'd say it was one of our most interesting interviews. We covered a lot of different topics there. And I'm sure you've probably had your mind opened, especially when it comes to um, things like reflex inhibition, and how the skeletal system affects organ function, uh, injury, injury prevention, um, and just why physios and chiropractors generally don't work. There's a lot of information in there. But specifically, how... Your food can play such an important role, not just in clean, cleaning your body out from the inside out, but in how it can switch off and switch on different muscles and, and cause pain in different organs, um, and how your organs actually don't have uh, pain receptors, so they send it to muscles that are that are on the meridian line, which is um, probably something I haven't actually talked about before, and I probably should have done um but then again i, I just interview people I might start doing some more myself but we'll see how it goes i quite enjoy interviewing other people because um i put out quite a lot of inf- information out myself on my own site my own site at www.reviveyourself.co and my facebook page but i might start doing some podcast episodes myself because there are some things i'd like to delve into um but great interview with warren there um as i said before you can find him at warrenwilliamscoaching.com if you'd like um Otherwise, guys, any questions you've got regarding it, don't hesitate to send me an email at www.reviveyourself. Um, sorry, at Ryan at There's a lot of stuff to cover there, um, and also as I mentioned before the show, if you have been going through any of your own chronic health issues and you'd like to um, join our free four-day mini course, if you've been going through gut issues, especially gut issues, but if you've been going through any other issue, chronic fatigue. My brain fog, um, thyroid issues, adrenal fatigue, any sort of, any anything really, to do with having a systemic problem, then either give me a message at Ryan at ReviveYourself.co or heading over to www.reviveyourself.co and you can just type in three four day mini course. And that's something that will really help you get to understand what's been going on and get to the root cause your problems. Um But guys, I think that was a great episode today. I Hope you got a lot from it. As I said before, any questions don't hesitate just to ask. Um I think we're definitely gonna get Warren on again. Um we'll, we'll go more into we'll dig more into the mind uh, and how that plays a part in health. Because the mind is is a huge Huge part of health, and we we'll also start looking at other things like parasites. Some some really good guests at the moment, booking in some really good guests around parasites and how they how they affect us. And in fact, there's even been new research at the moment which shows that cancer. it's been sort of quite a long time in the, in the natural health world, holistic health world that um, cancer is actually a fungus or a parasite, a um, build up of fungus and parasites uh, that. Well, that's what a tumour is. So these things are becoming more mainstream now um, because they just can't continue to ignore it. Um, So we're looking at getting Doug Kaufman on, who's an author of Know The Cause, about that, about parasites, as well as Dr. Robert Cesar. We're looking at getting on um, Dr. Davis. We're talking all about electromagnetic frequencies and radiation from phones and how that can affect cause brain tumours etc even though the medical industry wants to deny it there's a reason why that is so guys got a lot of good stuff coming up uh, as well as uh, the next interview with oliver bennett of the london uh, nutrition clinic um, all about lyme's disease now lyme's disease has been the 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 biggest well say the biggest growing disease I think it's it's increased 65% every year for the last 20 years in Europe so that's how much bigger of a problem it is and it's a great imitator it's, it's something that can imitate other diseases and people don't know what it is and most people don't get diagnosed with it it's something the medical industry don't even they, they completely uh, refuse to believe it exists because the insurance companies don't want to pay out for people to to actually get treatment for it, because it's a long, takes a long time treat, treating these things, um, and it's a it's a long process, and it's a process that requires a very skilled uh, approach. And so they much rather just deny it exists, chronic Lyme. But um, any of you that, if you want to look into Lyme, is something we're going to before. Um, sorry, before it's something we're going to next in the next episode. But if you want to go into YouTube and and watch the uh, film Under Our Skin. That's going to teach you a lot about Lyme disease. And it's something that is really becoming more and more prominent in today's society, unfortunately. So anyway, guys, that's it for episode 19. I'll uh, see you next week with Oliver Bennett, all about Lyme disease. Otherwise, guys, as I said before, hit me up if you need anything from me or you're looking to get into the the four-day total gut revival program. Otherwise, guys, as always...